Welcome back to the Author Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, international best-selling indie author, Carissa Andrews, and CEO of Author Revolution, the indie author source for all things rapid releasing. This episode is sponsored by AppSumo. The decision to become an indie author isn't always easy, let's be honest. Like we've talked about in the past, there are a lot of moving parts. From just getting words on page, to editing, marketing, and more. So much to think about. Luckily, though, there are those of us out there who have gone before you and who have blazed the trail to make things just a little bit clearer. I am super excited to tell you that for a limited time, the good folks at AppSumo have taken on my Indie Publishing Fundamentals course and put it up at a steal of a deal. Ordinarily, selling for $497, Indie Publishing Fundamentals includes five core modules, three bonus modules, and a grand total of 52 lessons. But, as with any AppSumo deal, you get it all for just $79. And in case you're wondering, yes, this course is different from Rapid Release Roadmap. So if you've wanted to get used to my teaching style, wanted to dip your toes in the waters of indie publishing, this could be your way, my friend. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash AppSumo to check out your limited but lifetime special offer. All right, so here we are, roughly two weeks. That's it, just two weeks away from Christmas. And it's got me thinking, books, in many ways, are like Christmas trees. I know, it seems weird, right? But they're totally 100% evergreen. Get it? Ha! So what do I mean by that? I mean that a book, obviously it's not a Christmas tree, but a book is evergreen in the fact that you can launch it yesterday or launch it six years ago, whatever, but it can still be leveraged to earn you big money today. It lives on in evergreen status. Now there's a preconceived notion in our industry, particularly in the indie industry, if I'm to be honest, that a failed book launch or even a lackluster book launch equals a failed book. But that really isn't the case. I've talked to a lot of authors who have launched their books the first time around to, let's face it, kind of womp womp results. But they've gone on to revitalize their title and revitalize their series, if they have one, by leveraging the books with better marketing tactics later on. So there's never a be-all, end-all, your book failed kind of situation here. There's a number of things that I want you to think about taking a closer look at if you feel that your book is not living up to the standards that you'd hope for it. So the chances are there's something that can be done or tweaked just a little bit, it's probably not your book necessarily, that can help you to increase your royalties and increase your readership. So what's not to love about that, right? Let's take a closer look at the things that have the most bang for your buck when it comes to really revitalizing a book and increasing its chances of better conversion. All right, the first one being a cover revamp. So I hate to say it, but most of us, when we first start out, don't really know what we're looking for when it comes to a cover. That even includes us graphic designers. Look, I graphic design my little heart out all the time, but I'm not doing it only for book covers. So my artistic expression kind of spans a lot of different things, and I can't always hit my mark when it comes to the graphic design for my actual genre. But regardless, most of the time, whether you're a designer or not, we design what we think we like, 
or what we think our audience might like. But in reality, we probably don't really understand the genre enough to be able to know what makes a really good cover, like I was saying. So this is why it's really important that if you've designed your own cover, perhaps out of necessity, like I did in the past, or if you used a really cheap designer, to maybe go back and take a closer look at the bestsellers in your genre and the categories that you're aiming for to try to figure out what cover designers those authors are using, because many of the times they're using and tapping into the same designers. And there's a good reason for that. Like I said, it's because those designers understand the market, they understand the genre, assuming that you hire a designer who designs solely for your genre. They're designing covers specifically that sell, otherwise they'd be out of a job. So here's a little story. When I first started writing the Pandamas Chronicles series, I designed my covers in a far different way than what they look like now. Over time, I learned what the YA sci-fi fantasy genre was and still is promoting. And what ended up happening is that I redesigned the covers to kind of match what I was seeing. Now, the cool thing is, once that was done, my book started selling far better. Amazon even selected Pandamas as a prime reading book at that time, and it ended up becoming an international bestseller right around that same time frame. Now, all of this was happening in 2018. And the reason I want to tell you that is the book came out in 2013. Five years later, it was an international bestseller. So no book, no matter when you write it, is ever off the table for doing great things. And sometimes it really just comes down to some simple tweaks like a revamped cover. The next thing though, however, <laughs> if you feel that you have a stellar cover, you've worked with a good designer, whatever the case might be, then your next step is to take a closer look at your sales page on Amazon or whatever platforms you're using. Once you're there, I want you to study your book blurb. Oftentimes, I think we kind of just throw up a quick synopsis, and it's really not doing the job it needs to do, which is selling your book. The book blurb on any sales page should be written with a copywriter's hat on, and not so much from the author's perspective, where you want to tell all the things that happen in a book, because that's not going to hook your audience and entice them to buy. You need something with a really powerful hook in it that sparks their imagination and makes them want to click the buy button. It's the whole purpose of a book blurb on a sales page. So if yours is not living up to standard, it's time to either revamp it or it's time to hire someone like Best Page Forward to help you create a sales page and a sales book blurb that is going to really stand out and help your book sell. All right, let's talk about the next thing. What I want you to do if both of those things have not helped and your book sales are kind of lackluster, is I want you to take a closer look at your editing. I know in the beginning, it's really hard to be able to justify money being spent on editors, but editing is one of those top tier must have expenditures when it comes to being an indie author. If you want to be able to compete in the book space, you have to treat your books and your stories like the products they are. Your books are up against thousands and thousands of other books just like it. And if your book has errors or issues that are going on that you haven't fixed yet, Amazon or any of the other book sites for that matter are not going to promote your book to the best of its ability. Plus, there's nothing worse to a reader than stumbling on a book that could be absolutely incredible only to find out that the author really didn't put a whole lot of energy or time into the editing process. What ends up happening is you put the book down, probably make a mental note not to read another book by that author, 
or worse yet, they could leave you a really terrible review. Yikes, that's not good. (laughs) The whole goal of editing here is to make your book shine and to have it put into the same ranks as all those traditionally published authors who are out there. So if this perhaps sounds like you, maybe you're not putting enough money or any money into editing, know that there is always hope though. If you can't afford editing just yet, you can always go back in and edit your book properly to make it shine later on when you do have a little bit more funds. Re-releasing it as a new edition is something that you could do if you wanted to. Let's say your reviews on that first release were maybe less than stellar because of it. All you have to do is create a new book, take down the old book, so then you start fresh with brand new reviews again. Now, of course, you have to make sure that that option is the better of two evils. I mean, if you have a a four-star rating or higher, maybe you don't want to create a brand new total book, but it could still work. The point here is that when you do all these things, what ends up happening is that people who perhaps read the unedited or unpolished version will stumble on your book again and realize how great it actually is. And maybe they don't even realize that they started reading your book, you know, earlier. Hopefully they didn't make that mental note not to ever read your book ever again. And if it's that good because the editing is great and the book reads well, and it's not sending up any of those same red flags, they're going to keep reading it. So now you've just gained a new reader and hopefully one that will stick with you for a long time. So as I said, there is always hope, my friend. Everyone knows about Amanda Hawking, right? When she first started putting her books up, she was doing it really fast. She was almost the pioneer of rapid releasing in a sense. And she did it in a way that was as minimal production cost as possible. So she didn't spend a whole lot on editing. But once people knew her name and she kind of blew up the author market space, she did go back and re-edit her books. So like I said, there is always hope, my friend. You can always go back in and make your product better. All right. Another thing you might want to take a look at if your covers are good and your book blurb is good, and now your editing's great, is whether or not your title resonates with your audience. I think sometimes we kind of forget that this is a marketing tool. I know I do at times because I want something that really resonates with the story, but I have to remind myself that it is also a marketing tool. So sometimes we set up a title, like I said, and we think it's going to be great, but it's not really what resonates with the readers. Sometimes experience catches up to us and we realize that we could have a better title in place that really makes the concept of a book or the theme of the book obvious to the reader so that they know for a fact this is the book they're going to love. And if this ends up being or sounding like you, again, don't be afraid to change the title. I know many authors who have gone in and decided to update their titles and re-release their book or their entire series under different names, and it's worked out phenomenally for them. Now, Brian Cohen is actually one such person. For those of you who don't know who Brian is, you might be living under Iraq, but he's pretty much out there in the indie author industry all over the place. He runs Best Page Forward, which is a company that helps authors with their book blurbs. He's also on a number of podcasts himself, including the Selmer Book Show, and he is also running the Amazon Ad School. However, what you might not know is that he's also a YA science fiction author. And when he originally wrote his first series, which is now called the Viral Superhero Series, his first book was called Ted Saves the World. The thought was it was fun and campy, kind of similar spin, I guess, to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But after taking a closer look at his genre and what was trending and everything that was working, 
And obviously, after being in the industry longer, he ended up realizing that not only did the cover miss its mark, but the title didn't work out so well either. He ended up changing Ted Saves the World to The Dark Souls, and the book has now gone on to do much better. So if this sounds like you, and it might, just know that there is a precedent to changing your title and still going on to have a great and successful launch with it later on. Now, one little caveat to this is I do want to mention that if you change a title to a series or to a book, make sure that there's some sort of little notation somewhere in the book blurb area, letting readers know that this was originally published under a different title and make sure you list that title out. That's just a little side note there. All right, let's talk about the next one. Now, one of the biggest impacts with having a backlist is that it can sit in evergreen and that allows you to gain readership. It allows you to gain knowledge and ideally gain more royalties that you can then invest back into your books and back into your back catalog. And in my experience, this can really be a game changer for you. What I mean by this is taking the time and energy to be smarter with your marketing strategy when it comes to ads and promos. In the beginning, we all want our books to be wildly successful without having to spend a lot of money on ads. Am I right? (laughs) I know for me, in the beginning of my author career, outlaying any money on advertising was a really hard thing to do. Not because I didn't understand the concept, although to be fair, I didn't understand it as well as I do today. (laughs) And not because the platforms were difficult to use, but simply because I didn't have a lot of funds to be able to put back into advertising in that very beginning. But as you get better, you do earn more royalties. And when you earn more royalties, you should be reinvesting some of that money into yourself as an author and back into your books. Then what ends up happening is all of those books that have been released and that you've worked so hard on in the past, they can continue to bring in passive income. And let's speak for a quick moment about that passive income, shall we? When I say passive income, it doesn't mean you gain readership out of thin air and for zero dollars. It means you're earning money off of something that has already been created. You no longer have to actively be hands-on with the product. You're literally just throwing money at an ad, and the ad does the work for you at this stage of the game. There is no build it and they will come baloney here. It's a loud, busy world, and if you want your books to be seen or noticed, and they need to be, you have to put them in the places where your audience can see and notice them. All right, (laughs) rant over. And finally, I want to talk about this one that is new. It's not new, but it's near and dear to my heart as of late. It's something I've known about for a while, but not something I've experimented with as much as I should have. I want you to be thinking about the way you handle your email marketing. Now, if you don't have a list, your first objective is to get one right now today. Like literally go sign up for MailerLite. I can get you a link that saves you some money once you get past your first 1,000 readers, okay? just start playing around with it. You have all the bells and whistles. We've talked about this in the episode with Stephen Gordon. You get everything right out of the box for free for, I think it's your first 1000 subscribers. Go play with it. Set up some automations, get used to it. All right. So your email list is your little corner of the universe where your readers have direct access to you and you have direct access to them. And when you have that, you have this special opportunity to be able to use your email marketing platform automations to your advantage. Now, let me say that again. (laughs) You have the opportunity to set up automations in the background of your whole email marketing platform to your advantage. 
We've talked about this before with Stephen Gordon. I think I briefly mentioned it last week again, but that's because I'm getting the details pulled together for a brand new podcast episode where I'll be talking specifically and only about book email automation funnels. Here's the thing I want you to take away from this though. You can create some very targeted emails that can pull readers into your universe once you have a backlist of books. In essence, you can pull them through an entire email sequence that puts them on a journey where you're not only encouraging them to read your book, but also encouraging them to leave you a review, to talk about your books, and even become an ARC reader. But then you can pull them through your next series and then your next series as you go on. There's this whole journey that you can map out and really get them kind of involved in your book world so that you create a synergy that operates behind the scenes that excites your readers and continues to sell books for you in the background. Now that, my friend, is true passive income, if I'm being honest. Plus, it's revitalizing older books that maybe didn't make huge waves at first, but can continue to help you flourish in the future. So long story short, remember, as indie authors, we are masters of our own universes and our books that we've spent hours and hours on. There is always a way to revitalize and renew any story along with readership if you take a closer look at just a few things and maybe make a few tweaks. Getting your books seen and readership up is an ongoing process that we're all working toward, but it's a process that keeps on giving. So I guess your books are not only like a Christmas tree, but they're basically presents too. I mean, come on, to readers and to us. So I want you to keep in mind As you move forward into the new year, if you have books out there that are kind of languishing in obscurity, it might be time to start focusing on them, bring a little bit of new energy, new vibrance, and new light to them, and maybe see what happens. All right, so to wrap up this episode, I want to remind you about that special limited time deal from AppSumo real quick. It's my largest course with the exception of Rapid Release Roadmap, which is currently in production. Indie Publishing Fundamentals is currently just $79 with this special AppSumo deal. So if you want to get a good grasp on indie publishing from start to finish, you don't want to miss out. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash AppSumo today and get started. That's authorrevolution.org slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. Last but not least, if you'd like to download today's transcript or get any information on the items we talked about today, You can always swing by the show notes at authorrevolution.org forward slash 58. All right, my writerly friend, that's it for this week. I hope you go on to do great things as we wrap up 2020. There's just three more weeks to the entire year, my friend. I mean, three. It's crazy. But then we're on to bigger, brighter, and better things. With that in mind, I want you to go forth and start your author revolution.